1: Hello guys, welcome back. Today we are talking all about a phenomenon called food combining. Food combining is a not so new wellness culture diet that's been floating around and we wanted to discuss why this approach is likely not a good fit for you. So we're going to go over what food combining is, the claims around it, and we're also going to go over um, why those claims are generally pretty false
0: yay i like how you
1: said phenomenon that's felt <laughs> good to say
0: yeah felt good to so, say i feel
1: like it was something very... strange going on <laughs> it's a phenomenon that's for sure
0: yeah so it kind of starts off on what is food combining if you have not already heard of it before so it's this really popular trend going around and the wellness cultural gurus are all for it of course like any trend mm-hmm. and Essentially, its claim is we shouldn't be eating certain foods either together or we should eat them separately, essentially. I don't know if I just said the same thing. We should eat some foods together. Some should, <laughs> should be eaten separately. Yeah, essentially to better the digestion and metabolism of different foods, especially with nutrient absorption and in case some food combinations increase chances of like gas, bloating, toxin build up. Or if our food is not moving quickly enough throughout our digestive tract.
1: Yeah, we'll get into why that is something you don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. A little spoiler, diarrhea <laughs> is usually unwanted by most people. Yeah. But yeah, there are a list of do's and don'ts. So Emily, why don't I go over the do's? You can go over the don'ts. Okay, so some of the do's, and there's a list of them, there's a lot, so buckle up. Um, always eat fruit on an empty stomach protein is to be paired with non-starchy vegetables fats can be paired with non-starchy vegetables as well carbohydrates can also be paired with non-starchy vegetables always wait three to four hours between meals before switching categories and only consume dairy on an empty stomach
0: these are some wild rules they're definitely based in non-starchy vegetables with everything apparently yeah. um and then kind of the don't side of foods we should eat separately don't combine starches and protein don't mix fats and protein A melon should be eaten alone and never paired with other fruits melon. don't drink gosh dang it melons <laughs> um don't drink liquids with meals don't combine starches with acidic foods don't combine different types of protein and don't eat fruits or vegetables at the same time this like stresses me
1: out thinking about all these things it's exhausting and i'm like we'll go into it yeah well Yeah. So the big idea, like where these rules kind of stem from is like what Emily already said, is we don't want to cause a traffic jam. We want to have our food go through us as quickly as possible. So we feel nice and light and airy. Um, And their claim is that if you eat fast digesting fruits, such as like fruit, for example, along with a slow digesting fruit, like a protein, like maybe chicken breast, This can cause that traffic jam, and this can cause that digestive distress and toxic buildup. I can't even say that without feeling like a fool. I know.
0: I if we ate just a thought, this is already like foreshadowing, like the entirety of this. I know. But if I just thought about it, like thinking about like I have to get all my food through me, I would just drink coffee. Yeah. if they want everything to be digested quickly yeah just take a laxative that's right. not medical advice i'm gonna <laughs> now, but there's a better way to go about this <laughs> the food combining route right um, but kind of going into we already kind of talked about some of the different claims but that's specifically the improving digestion to feel lighter and have more energy it, i feel like it really depends on the types of foods you eat not mm-hmm. the volume it's not even the volume of food at the times so there are no like quantitative rules it's food combination and we don't want you to digest your food quickly because not only can that inhibit absorption of essential nutrients in different components of our gi tract but also you don't want to go poo like five plus times a day well even then like
1: I don't know what the average amount actually is um Um, this is a good time to plug Andy Andy's blog post we'll link a good blog post from a a future guest you guys will be hearing from but yeah we don't want you going to the bathroom
0: all the time all day I don't think you would want that either you've got things to do and can't spend half your day on the toilet additionally the claim moving on where do i go from poo (laughs) um preventing toxic buildup boo your ti tract is very smart and it does not it is doing everything in its power to not have any type of buildup or anything like that it naturally pushes food through, through takes the nutrients um Obviously, if you have some type of GI disease, absorption or metabolism might look a bit differently. But for the average human being, your stomach is not going to get too acidic or alko- alkaline. Alkaline. I was alkaline. About to say alkalinic. I don't <laughs> know if that's a word. I don't think oh, it it's is. not. <laughs> I'm just making up words. Your pH will not get messed up by yeah. food. Um, your body has a very, not even from like a acid-based perspective, like it has a strong, like stomach acid is strong. It does a good job of breaking down foods and making sure that nothing gets too wonky down in there. <laughs> um, and also toxin buildup is probably not going to be solved through food combination. Yes. And even then, the different toxins that could potentially build up are from extreme cases of different diseases typically where like you're in like failure of some type of like or some organ is failing you
1: yes that's what I wanted to point out is that if you actually have like toxic buildup don't do some like food combining like detox reset to get it fixed like go to the hospital (laughs) (laughs) please seek urgent medical assistance at that time not pairing fruit and chicken breast together is not going to fix the problem no absolutely not okay and then the
0: last thing (laughs) so many fun things that these there are these claims um the last one is promoting weight loss because most of these trends always have some component of weight loss any weight loss that can occur from this is not to be attributed to food pairing there is no research behind food pairing and weight loss Um, your body does not decide to release fat stores or gain fat stores based off of food pairing it's not really involved with that at all. Maybe if you're going to the bathroom 5 plus times a day and you don't have anything in your GI tract, then you might lose some weight, but that's cuz there's nothing inside of you.
1: Yeah. You'll lose some weight, but you're not going to lose fat from that. You're just going to lose some some contents of your intestines. <laughs> Which adds up, so I guess if that's your goal, great. You've accomplished something. Yeah not a fun way to go with weight loss. No, there's better approaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go over, we've kind of already talked a little bit, what's specific about what is wrong with food combining. So first of all, there is no evidence to support this. Um, in my research, I was finding, this is like a really old concept, but as diets do, they just like keep reinventing themselves and coming about mm-hmm. in new ways, you know, ketos and Adkins, whatever. Um, But there is not any evidence to support the claims that we've kind of listed off that food combining is supposed to have. Let's talk digestion, shall we? Let's go into like how digestion actually works. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyone who's taken like a biochem class or anatomy should know this. And I feel like we learned about digestion in like seventh grade health class. So I don't know how these food combining health coaches are coming up with this. But anyway, so the first step of digestion happens in our mouth. We're chewing our food and certain enzymes are released to help break down the food. So amylase is an enzyme that is released to break down carbs and lipase is an enzyme that is released to break down fats and the protein enzyme comes later. So we'll get to that. So we chew, chew, chew. The enzyme cocktail comes to be, and then that food bolus enters the stomach and gastric acid is released along with more enzymes. So now pepsin enters the chat, which is the enzyme that breaks down protein. Um, And I wanted to pause here and stop and say that all of these enzymes are working at the same time. So that is one of the flaws of food combining is that it kind of assumes that you can only break down one of these at a time. And so if you combine them, it's going to slow things down. But our body is very good at having all these enzymes come to break down all three of those macronutrients. Um, And so that is not a concern. Plus, most of the foods that we eat are composed of more than one macronutrient anyway. Like there are very few foods that are just composed of like just protein or just fat or just carbs. And so it would be very, very challenging for the body to digest food. Very inefficient if we could only do one macronutrient at a time
0: just thinking about that i was like for like nuts example like nuts are both fat and protein what's it going to do like just nicely the fat, separate so. it like you first exactly <laughs> you you next now it's time Um yeah i'm choking on my spit <laughs> i'm so sorry um digestion would take so long like it, i think it takes is it twelve to thirty hours for our bo- like our body to digest food? I think is Something about like the that. average time. We would take like sixty hours.
1: It'd be like <laughs> a like- week's process just to like
0: yeah. And we would also be so bloated from holding all that food in our stomach and like our intestines and like talk about like a traffic jam. This is really like a very. <laughs> this is one of our most graphic episodes. But <laughs> right, if it took that long to metabolize each macronutrient by itself like you would be in so much pain or yeah. our bodies would probably look very different true like that's it, the it chew on also. that's i do wonder question how would our bodies look if we metabolized one macronutrient out of once and also what order would it be decided in that Ooh. Which but if you put like a different order like would one prioritize over the other and suddenly switch and i'm then... right maybe we'd be like we'd grow like three stomachs like a cow maybe that's <laughs> like a cow <laughs> <laughs> one for each tree. <laughs> that's awesome maybe i'm gonna draw
1: that now i'm gonna create that <laughs> to like, yeah this is what we would look like just to like show how dumb it would be So bottom line, if you do food combining, you'll turn into a cow. I don't know what we kind of were drawing from that. Okay. But anyway, once the food is in the stomach, it then goes out of there into the small intestine. And then at this time, the pancreas releases digestive enzymes and bicarbonate um, to neutralize that stomach acid. So another point here is that our body at all times is trying to balance that pH, like Emily was saying. And this is another example of that. So our body is really good at that. Um, You don't want to intentionally (laughs) alkalize. I I just had a stroke. (laughs) Alcanalize or acidify your body. Nope.
0: We don't want that. Because that will lead to many other problems. Yeah. Just kind of, we just keep going back to this point of, you don't want your food going through your GI tract quickly. Um, because the longer it takes, not only from like the having to go to the bathroom, like a million times a day, but also from the perspective of satiety and like feeling full and hunger cues, stuff like that, because the longer food takes to digest, the longer we feel full. So that's pretty common practice where dietitians will recommend adding like a protein or a fat with some carb source at meals or snack times, just so people feel fuller for longer periods of time because those macronutrients tend to be metabolized a bit slower. And if your macros are being, or all your food is being metabolized quickly, you're going to get hungry again really quickly. And, um, it's perfectly fine to honor your hunger cues, but you'll probably, <laughs> from like a physiological standpoint food's gonna be going around and out really quickly and you'll have to be refueling that
1: like every hour or so you'll be honoring those cues all day long
0: yeah it'll be like a full-time job to like go to the
1: bathroom (laughs) eat go to the bathroom eat,
0: (laughs) you won't have time for anything else (laughs)
1: yeah I think that's the biggest thing there we talked about (laughs) the diarrhea (laughs) and great detail
0: Hannah know diarrhea is not fun that is not our scientific opinion that is our
1: that is based on, experience.
0: <laughs> based on experience based on what i've heard yeah you can yeah. that's the only thing up for debate in this entire episode since we don't have it based by science
1: we should have made a disclaimer at the beginning that if you don't want to hear about poop don't listen to this episode <laughs>
0: everyone poops they need to know about this
1: oh I'm used to it everyone always like oh, comes, yeah. like patients will come into my office my little exam room and be like oh I'm so embarrassed but this is happening with my constipation or whatever I'm like I talk about this day in day out like like literally every person we talk about yes about I'm like there's nothing these four walls have not already heard about <laughs> bowel movements so yeah. like it's fine I'm like yeah. I want to talk about it <laughs> yeah yeah I guess we
0: should have put a disclaimer at the beginning, like don't eat or anything. If you have like a yeah. sensitive stomach, well, now's your warning.
1: <laughs> you a stop through already, the episode. <laughs> not you too didn't... late for you to turn back.
0: It's true. We're probably, we probably got most yeah. of it out.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Diarrhea. Let's see. I think that's most of the diarrhea talk for the day. So you're lucky if <laughs> it's good. You're good. You're good. I promise. Actually, I'm not going to promise, but let's hope. Okay. Um, We haven't really touched on bloating too much, but bloating is another claim that food combining is sometimes claimed to help with. Um, Bloating is normal. I mean, most people experience bloating to some degree, but that being said, if it is painful or frequent, This kind of goes back to that toxic buildup thing where if you are having like painful, frequent bloating, don't do food combining or some short-term fix to resolve that. Like go see your doctor. Something Mm -hmm. might be going on. Um, There's a lot of different causes of bloating that can be hopefully easily fixed. And you don't have to keep just doing band-aid after band-aid to kind of cover it up.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep that's not only yep. really anything to add Yep. <laughs> so bottom line don't medical do medical yeah seek med. seek at least a second opinion true before you do something yeah we're circling back around to ending on our always fun note of weight loss and why the food combination or foods eaten separately will not really attribute to any weight loss progress um Like we kind of noted, I think the weight loss or weight management tips episode has already come out by now. I think so. Yeah. So go listen to that because we go a lot more in depth about dietitian approved ways to make sustainable changes that are realistic, but kind of giving you a bit of a summary related to food combination specifically. Weight loss is mostly seen with eating more fruits and vegetables in general, eating less because you can't combine food? Yes. Because if you're not combining food, then you're probably eating less calories. Exactly. And if you're being so hyper-aware of food combination, you're probably eating a lot less calories overall, since you feel like you probably can't eat a lot, which I looking at those rules, I wouldn't know what to eat and right. and what to eat. So I probably wouldn't eat that much. I'd probably lose weight. And then additionally since there are so many rules about what you can combine meals might seem a bit boring and bland because (laughs) I'm just gonna go eat some chicken breast by myself because I can't combine it with anything else Uh, so you probably won't overeat especially with with like food combining because you might just get bored of eating one thing at a time and then waiting three to four hours to eat something else like I would probably eat a protein a fruit and maybe a vegetable each day and like right. one serving or maybe i probably would eat more because i'd be so hungry honestly but you can't yeah. there's so many rules with combination that you're probably once again gonna be in a caloric deficit and that will probably lead to weight loss so yes you don't need to do food combination food separation to lose weight
1: yeah yeah, any weight loss you see is just because you're in a caloric deficit because of the reasons Emily just said. Like, it's not because of the food combining. Yeah. Huh, sounds terrible to me. So, so many rules. So many rules. That's what I don't right. love. And with the weight loss, too. Like, yeah, if you do lose the weight from all these food rules, how long can you really stick to that? Like, yeah, like when you go out forever. to eat.
0: True. What are you going to do? Point. Are you just going to eat a side of broccoli? and nothing else (laughs) and i don't think i don't think i think one of the rules was you can't combine liquids in your meals. so you can't even
1: drink a drink right or a water (laughs) right you can't even have water with your broccoli that's a stupid rule that's pretty (laughs) stupid
0: Uh,
1: if it sounds too good to be true it probably is yeah
0: and if it sounds super restrictive then it probably is
1: yeah
0: and we don't want to develop any disorder eating habits. This is a no disorder eating habit development
1: zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the acronym that would be N D E D Z. NEDS. NEDS. This is Ned. <laughs> no, NEDS. N- NEDS.
0: No eating. NEDS. N- nor, nor, no, e- no disordered eating development. N- NEDS. NEDS. <laughs> i was, I I <laughs> was gonna say i didn't want this to be a no eating this diso- no disordered eating zone because like that's something we're both very passionate about and we want to help people with but yeah this zone is not we are not promoting disordered eating here uh-uh. this restriction will, will and there's a very high chance it could lead to disordered eating in yeah. a poor relationship with food because i wouldn't like eating food if there were all these rules especially no. as
1: strict as these are. And then you feel so guilty when you broke a rule and you're likely to break a rule when there's like 18 of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, bottom line, you guys probably guessed it off the bat that we didn't love the idea of food <laughs> combining, but it is a fad. It has strict rules. It's not sustainable for most lifestyles. Our digestive tract could handle a lot more than what this diet gives it credit for, um, it can break down multiple food groups at once. It's not going to get jammed up. And if it does get jammed up, go to the doctor. So you don't have a bowel obstruction. We encourage you to actually combine foods, especially if you are eating carbs to always pair those with, um, protein, healthy fiber and fat to help you healthy fiber, healthy fat and fiber. I think all fibers, healthy fiber anyway. Pair your carbs with other foods to help you stay full and stabilize those blood sugars. Yeah. That's the only type of food combining here,
0: but it's much more general and it's just like, it's essentially don't eat a simple carb by itself. Yeah.
1: And if you do, it's fine. Just don't do it all the time. Yeah. So
0: I do not really have anything to add to that (laughs) it's it's been fun talking about food combination and pooping poop (laughs) um so it's time for a bonus question and this week's is something i have never heard of i've never heard this
1: question i'm so excited for this question
0: (laughs) i'm glad you are because i was just like uh okay but the question is is the ocean a soup (laughs)
1: Uh, There's so many ways we can like break this down. Yeah. Okay. Well, I started by Googling soup definition. (laughs) Let me read that off to you from Wikipedia. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, well, here. There's like three different definitions. The first one is a liquid dish typically made by boiling meat, fish, or vegetables in stock or water. So I would say, besides the idea of the ocean is not really a dish for most people. And it's not usually boiling that's what I was <laughs> <laughs> okay um the other definition is soup is a substance or mixture perceived to resemble soup in appearance or consistency wait what would so the definition is the perception of the actual <laughs> thing that's being defined <laughs> okay that one we're next thing. <laughs> Um, and then this is Wikipedia's definition. The other one came from the Oxford languages. Okay. Wikipedia says that soup is primarily liquid food. I guess that's a keyword there. Generally served warm or hot that is made by combining ingredients of meat or vegetables with stock milk or water. Um, hot soups are additionally characterized by boiling solid ingredients in liquids in a pot until the flavors are extracted, forming a broth. <laughs> i'm just really excited for this question i thought it was very creative and i was excited it was about it. it
0: was. i was thinking my first thought was no one's eating the ocean so <laughs> it's not a, like no one has a spoon out but then i was like yeah. okay what is eating the ocean and then i thought of like <laughs> whales <laughs> oh it's whale soup Yeah, because, like, I thought of, like, in Finding Nemo, when the whales, or, like, I think blue whales, or probably other whales do this as well, like, they filter out the krill, and the liquid comes out through it. So, they're, like, filtering out the broth of their soup, but they're also swimming in their
1: soup. (laughs) I mean, if I had a pool full of soup, I would swim in it, too, given the opportunity to do so. (laughs) So... it presented itself I would do it yeah
0: but like no one else could be in there because like then they'd be dirty and I'd be
1: freaked out by that yeah I it'd have to be like, like a close this. friend or something that's the only situation <laughs> I don't even know if I'd swim in the soup pool with you no, to be honest.
0: <laughs> no I would be like only me
1: in my like krill <laughs> it was like a really big pool where you could like stand on separate sides and it was like for a short time where like I knew that you're body parts wouldn't get to my body parts unless we swam for hours in which case it'd probably get gross
0: but like okay this is going <laughs> off topic and this isn't the question
1: but what type of soup would you want to swim in <laughs> that's for next week no okay. um <laughs> that's a good question i mean i would not want it to be too hot it'd have to be like either like a cold pea soup which be probably really <sighs> a good texture to swim in or like any other soup but like at room temperature um mm. i mean it depends are we swimming in it to eat it or are we swimming in it for like the way it feels we're swimming in it
0: because we're like a whale and we're living in the soup. <laughs> oh so i have to but, live in the so soup forever? so we need to live in it at, well you need, at least need to swim in it
1: and you have to eat it swim in it and eat it forever we'll say for a short period of time okay because it'll get Pick some of the pressure it'll get off.
0: bad probably
1: <laughs> oh yeah unless you do like a broth probably lasts a lot longer um okay if i had to live in a soup for a short time that i could swim in and eat <laughs> what oh my gosh i mean i gotta just go with like one of my favorite soups, which is like a loaded potato soup That's yeah that'd be comfy you can get yeah, like, like potatoes as like yellow. like floaties, <laughs> and every bacon there to munch on. It'd be great. Yeah, the cheese would get like really like stringy and sticky though, which I know um, you hate. But that's like algae. <laughs> oh, algae! I was like, "What did you just say?" Yes, it would be. You know you, or like seaweed, you just get caught up in it. But at least you could eat it. That's <laughs> true. Okay, what soup would you live in for a short time that you could also eat? <laughs>
0: my biggest thing is i wouldn't i would want it to be a clear liquid in case i got stuck somewhere and i couldn't see (laughs) so
1: so you're thinking safety as well
0: yes because like this is completely obscure but like what if the ocean was soup and i was in the ocean and this like shark snuck up on me but i couldn't see like granted like if i'm the ocean and the shark a shark is sneaking up on me like there's nothing I can do about it. But at least with a clear liquid, then I'd see it. True. Or um, so I was thinking just chicken noodle because I can see through that pretty clearly. Um there's not a lot. <laughs> there's like fun noodles. There's not a lot that would like freak me out or cause any reactions. Cause if also I did like a dairy
1: one, like imagine yeah. I'm just like, Yeah, I'm if not. we didn't blow the load of potato, you couldn't come to that party. <laughs>
0: I would not go anywhere near i would starve if i had to like live in loaded potato soup but the the temperature was a very good point because i like my soups like scalding hot same but i don't like staying like a hot tub for a long period of time also same so probably than a lukewarm chicken noodle soup
1: i think that tastes better than a lukewarm potato soup though Oh that yeah. would get like all curdled oh yeah yeah temperature wise yours is definitely a better choice and safety wise <laughs> which i didn't consider well i didn't say there were
0: animals in it i thought um i didn't practice i thought that. it was just
1: you and me in the
0: <laughs> soup pool
1: but i guess not i guess they're well, sharks i had to
0: make it in, in the scenario that we had to survive like if it was a pool we could get out that's true <laughs> maybe it'd be like have you watched squid games i'm just no oh, i the need place to right out oh yes you need to watch it what if I there do. was a game where you had to live in a huge thing of soup and there were animals in it that could attack you but you also had to eat this that would be gross because those are there'd be a ton of people in the soup oh. <laughs> But it was, like, a three-day survival, like, in soup with these scary animals. And you had to, like, make your own raft out of
1: food, though. So people are already, like, trying to eat your raft. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, in that scenario, I don't know. I guess yours would be pretty good, too, because, like, chicken's pretty sturdy. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, like, noodles aren't as sturdy as a potato. No, those would probably
0: sink. Yeah. Like, maybe in that case, French onion soup, because that's still clear. But,
1: like, croutons can float. That's true. They get pretty soggy, though, after three days. That's true. After like, That's when it minutes. would get exciting, when everyone's, like, the <laughs> <laughs> boat is sinking. Everyone's good at first on their <laughs> croutons, and they start getting soggy. Someone hire us to make a, a TV show. There will be all these
0: survival games with
1: food. We just need, like, another podcast where it's us just th- thinking of different food survival games. <sighs> yeah. I think we could take our bonus questions and literally turn those into an alternate podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: We can do a yeah. whole episode just on that. Maybe that's yeah. what we'll start doing because that'd be yeah. fun. That'd and be so be fun. Like if we did like a, a fun one. Stay tuned. Yeah. Where we just debate outrageous things. <laughs> like <laughs> if you had to survive in an ocean full of soup. <laughs>
1: Um. Yeah. Back to the initial question. Is the ocean a soup? Um. I think if you turn it into one by putting it into a pool then yes
0: maybe I think the ocean might be soup to a whale but not to us I agree so it depends because, who you're asking
1: yeah next time you see a whale <laughs> ask what its thoughts are on this question if you refer them to this podcast we'll give you a shout out a five dollar Venmo what do you want
0: yeah we'll give you something some exclusive thing if you
1: get a whale's take on it know, soup oh okay oh that was we hope i don't have the that. words to describe <laughs> what just happened well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode we hope you learned a little something let us know what diet you want us to debunk next and we will gladly do so and we will see you guys next week All right, everyone, have a great rest
0: of your day, and we'll see you next
1: time. (laughs) Okay, bye.
0: (laughs) Bye.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your hosts, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at the upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.